0: Hey, good morning, everyone. Can I was not familiar with that song, and I love that song, dude. That was awesome. Praise God. Can I just? I want to say this. We should praise God for what just happened. We were just worshiping, and that was significant. What just happened? We're just. We gotta point out stuff certain times, like when people are praising God and they're singing His glory, and they're talking about the gospel, and they're talking about His love, talking about the, the song before that, "Great is Our Lord." All the earth will shout your i I'm picturing the earth going, yes, yes. And sometimes in here, it's not, yes, it's okay. I'm gonna, some, Sometimes it's like, yes, yes. And I just want to point it out. That yes is good. That yes is really good. I want to point it out and say, good job. <laughs> like, yes, God, all the earth will shout your ah i to just point out that God's worth praising me. And um, I am super, super grateful to be here with you this morning. Uh, if you haven't met me, I'm one of the pastors, my name is Joaquin Garcia, and I'm at, I'm at the Uptown campus. And uh, I just want to start off by saying, if I haven't met you, I already love you. Because um, like I have a special place in my heart for the La Habra campus, because you guys get it. <laughs> uh, we, we, we were, uh, just like you guys, kind of church out of a box for three years. Um, And you guys get that in terms of you're not meeting in a church building and there's work involved with putting stuff together the kids go off into some cavernous place and you just trust that they're not going to be eaten by bears. You trust that actually there's no, there's good reason to trust because we love our kids and we love uh, God working through this this Sunday morning. But uh, hey today uh, I've been given the privilege to uh, change it up for us a little bit here this morning. Um, If you've been with us for any period of time, our church at all of our campuses, we have a value to preach through the Bible and to preach through particularly books of the Bible. And um, today, I'm gonna change it up, and not just me, the whole church is changing up. We're gonna take a break. We're in the middle of our Luke series, and we're gonna take a break and we're gonna start a new six-week series for this fall. And it's a vision series. It's about who we are as a church. Why do we exist? Uh, what, what are we supposed to do And what are we supposed to look like And why does that matter And so um, we will get back to Luke Wonderful book, wonderful gospel I love the gospels and the fact that we're in Luke Because anytime we get to week in, week out uh, Encounter Jesus through the scriptures Like seeing his life And his, his ministry And his, his teaching And his miracles And his, his instruction to the disciples It just gets me excited Because I'm literally walking with Jesus Through that but we'll get back to that after six weeks. And, uh, but for now, we really want to focus. Okay, what's going on? Who are we? Let's recalibrate. Let's let's um let's let's figure out what God has for us together. Um, let's let's actually, I want to show you a picture. This series is kind of gonna be like this next picture a little bit. Can we show that first picture, which it's, it's of uh, you know, if it's coming up of an invitation. Let's see here. Waiting for it, and here we go. It's a little bit like this. Can you guys figure out what this is pretty quickly here? I'll read it. It's an invitation. Loved you then, love you still, always have, always will. Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so invite you to celebrate 30 years of love as they renew their wedding vows. Did you know that this vision series is going to be similar to kind of like a renewal of wedding vows? In the sense that, I don't know if you've ever been to one of those, they're pretty awesome. I mean, I I went to my uh, grandfather and grandmother's 50th anniversary, where they renewed their wedding vows. Incredible, they hardly speak English, and so they were going back and forth between Spanish and English. It was amazing, I was just a little guy. But but the the renewal of these wedding vows is, is really about, hey, we still mean what we said a long time ago. We're still in and we're still committed to what we promised we would be committed to. And in our vision series, it's, it's kind of like what we're doing because we as a church, as a whole church, we're, we're almost 60 years old. I know this campus isn't 60 years old. My, the campus that I'm a part of isn't 60 years old, but our church and our heritage has a deep past and we're connected to that past and we're, we're really gonna kind of re-up and say, hey, we meant what we said. And, and then sometimes, if you've ever been to one of these ceremonies, Sometimes uh, they intentionally change or update the vows. They don't just say the same ones they used to. They add to it or they change the wording because the wording is significant to them. Um, As a part of what we're doing, we've actually reworded some of the things in our our mission statement, our vision statement, and that was on purpose. Um, And so we wanna talk about that as, as a church. Who are we, where are we going, what does it look like? So would you pray with me this morning? God, thank you. Thank you that you love us. That you've called us to a work together. You've called us to be in a family because of the blood of Jesus. I thank you for that time of worship that we had. That time of singing your praise, your goodness, your glory. And I pray that this morning we would step into a new reality. That we would remind ourselves of maybe things we already know. Or we would just have a renewed commitment to where you're calling us as a church. Well so I pray for this campus this morning. This La Habra campus. That there would be a movement of the Spirit that would change us, that would inspire us, that would stoke our hearts, that would stoke our lives to be able to um, live differently, live more in line with who you have and what you have for us. So would you please bless us this morning? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I have a little video for you this morning. <clears throat> the glory of god is the manifest beauty of his holiness it's the going public of his holiness it's it's the way he puts his holiness on display for for people to apprehend the heavens are telling the glory of god what does that mean means he's shouting us he shouts with clouds he shouts with blue spells he shouts with gold on the horizons he shouts with galaxies and stars, he shouting, I am glorious, open your eyes, do you see it, do you love it, you were made for this, I'm made for this, this is why I exist, To see that, everything is pointing to that, all the glory that I thought was so attractive is going there, this is all has and we see through a glass darkness, then face to face. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us. So the glory that's coming is of such an almost satisfying, infinitely beautiful, totally needing and joy producing kind. that we see and savor and treasure his glory, the riches of his glory. So I ask, do you see it? Do you love it? And I'll say again, you were made for this. Getting excited after that. Um, we're going to do a little show and tell here later today, so stay tuned. Guys, <clears throat> I don't know if you've ever had uh, low moments. I'm sure you have. Uh, if you've ever had low moments, I don't know what you do to pick you back up. Uh, in my in, in my experience, it's, it's often been things like this being reminded by somebody who's passionate about what matters most. The glory of God. John Piper, when he was talking, he should be yelling these things. He should be have his motions be affected, saying, The glory of God is everything, everywhere. It's the reason we exist. I'm not weird for being loud. You're weird for not being loud. I'm serious. I think we I, I think what often happens in, in our situation is that we just get tired and bogged up and stopped in whatever reason there we have glory giving I don't know opportunities in our whole life and we just get bogged down by stuff and we need, a, we need a kick in the pants for somebody to say it's all about God it's not about you it's all about him and how good he is and what he's like the glory of God permeates all of life. In fact, um, this is actually an older book now, but I remember a, a, a chapter in the, the uh, Purpose Driven Life about the glory of God, and, and I reread it, and I was like, that's worth saying, that's worth saying. So I'm going I'm to read this here. Chapter 7, The Reason for Everything, page 53. It's all for him. The ultimate goal of the universe is to show the glory of God. It is the reason for everything that exists, including you, including me. God made it all for his glory. Without God's glory, there would be nothing. What is the glory of God? It is who God is. It's the essence of his nature. It's the weight of his importance. It's the radiance of his splendor. The demonstration of his power. It's the atmosphere of his presence. God's glory is the expression of of his goodness and all other intrinsic eternal qualities that he has. Where is the glory of God? Just look around you. It's everywhere, Created created by God, and it reflects his glory in some way, everything does. We see it everywhere, from the smallest microscopic form of life to the vast Milky Way, from sunsets and stars to storms and seasons. Creation reveals the creator's glory. In nature we learn that God is powerful and not only that, that he enjoys variety, that he loves beauty and he's an organized God and that he is wise and creative. The Bible says everything and especially the heavens declare the glory of God. You know, we're renewing our vows this next six weeks. We're going to say we meant what we said. And the first thing we want to say we meant what we said as a church is to understand our purpose. Why are we here on earth? The glory of God. And so um, what, I've, what I'm gonna do, just, just to give you a, a bit of a heads up, um, normally go through, the right, a book of the Bible, you'll be able to stay in a passage. Um, we're gonna be having a whole bunch of scripture this morning. And I brought slides so you could see it. You could try to follow along, I dare you, but it's okay if you don't, because I'm gonna go fast. But uh, if you wanna write down the passages, maybe you can look it up later. If something stirs in you, write it down. Um, yeah, let's, let's look at the wording of, of our purpose statement. Okay, can we put that up? Our purpose? Our purpose? Now, we reworded this just a little bit from, from the past. It's very close. We, we actually took out one part because we thought this, this was these three parts kind of ended up doing it all. But let me read this here. Why, what is our purpose? Why do we exist? It's to glorify God in all things. At all costs and among all peoples. We put by all means, but we feel like that's all in there. So let's just make it three instead of four. Let's trinity, good thing, three things, right? Okay, to glorify God in all things, every single thing, every single situation, no matter the time of day or where you are in the GPS, global earth, everything is... We are to glorify God in at all costs, no matter what our life looks like, how easy or how hard, no matter what we have to give up in order to give that glory, we are here to glorify Him at all costs. And among all peoples, this is a universal purpose. Every single purpose, tribe or people, tribe, tongue, nation, there isn't a person on earth who this doesn't actually apply to. Language, custom, culture this is not just our purpose this is the purpose of the universe and we're just uh, we're just stepping into this as a church saying yeah true true that right so let's let me talk just you know we heard a couple of things we heard piper we heard warren um let's just give a quick uh a definition of make sure we're really hitting it on the head what does it mean to glorify god you'll write this down if you're taking notes if this helps you What does it mean to glorify God? Giving honor and praise and thanks to God for who he is, for what he's like, and for what he's done. To glorify God, it's giving him honor and praise and thanks. It's pointing him out and saying he is good for for who he is, for what he's like, and what he's done. If you remember in that video, there was questions all throughout and at the end. I love those questions. The first one. Do you see it? Do you see the glory of God? Do you see how you could point out his goodness in every single moment? He's talking about clouds and blue and and, and all these different, do you see that glory of God is everywhere for you to point out, to glorify God, is to literally point out anything and everything and say God is good, look at God. Do you see how you can glorify God in every single moment? I thought that's a really good question. Do you see it, everything? Do you give him honor, praise, thanks? And then the second part, do you love it? Did you know that you know just pointing out God is not enough? God did that. <laughs> like seriously, I have obligatory, God did that. Did you know that the glory God, maybe you've heard this, we are, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him? It's this idea, that it's not just pointing, it's pointing and enjoying what you're pointing out. It's going, yes! God is amazing! I mean, no joke, it was weird, because I'm weird, but there's a part in the video where they showed sharks. I don't know if you caught that. There were sharks swimming around, and I immediately thought, that reminds me of SeaWorld when I had such a good time with my kids, and they just love petting with sharks. Like, this is all the flash instant of in my brain, right? Like oh that's so cool that was so much fun goodness and yes and I was able to glorify God in like a millisecond see that's because of you you made everything and I enjoy that and I love that and I want more of it you you can't over you can't over binge on glorifying God you can't OD on glorifying God. Some of us think, settle down, Joaquin, slow down, right? Speed up. <laughs> no, I, you, you can't. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not overselling this. This is just the reality that we have access to, that we were created for. He says, do you see it? Do you love it? You were made for this. You were made for this. This is who we are. This is what we were made for. So enough enough men speaking, let's hear the word speaking. Let's, let's see it in scripture. First Corinthians 10, 31. Whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Whether you have a steak or got a salad burrito, whatever, whether you're a Coke or a Pepsi person, whether you're like, oh, I just had this new soda, by the way, it's like, Hipster, cane sugar, like whatever. And it was better than other sodas. It was. And I gave glory to God for the soda. I really did. I said, I need to come back to this place because they have good soda. And I said, and no joke, it seems weird, but it's not. Praise God for the soda. This is delicious. (laughs) Whatever, Whatever you do, whether you're eating or drinking, however you engage in the world, every single moment... Glorify. It's all the glory of God. Point him out. Enjoy it. Say, awesome. Yes. Love it. Good. You want some too? Go for it. Let's go more scripture. Colossians 3, 17. And whatever you do, big open statement, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Everything. There are big words. Everything. Whatever you do in word or deed, whatever you're talking... Whatever you're doing, it's all to give thanks to him, to glorify him. First Peter 4.11, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that, why? What purpose? What's going to happen? In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I could go verse after verse. Verse after verse after verse, this is everywhere. This is everywhere. And you know, maybe at this point, some people go, okay, 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 okay. okay. And, and to be honest, there's, there's a backside to what I'm saying. The front side, it's all about God. Every single part of it, backside, it's not about me, it's not about us, it's not about what I like want, when I want it, how I want it, where I want it, we're not in the driver's seat. And to some of us, if we're honest, we don't want it to be about us a little bit. Just a little bit. Can, I, can you give me like a square inch of the corner of the universe to where this is about me, please? That's how I want modest square inch. When I was going through school, I was confronted with this. It's not about me. It's about God. And, and I, I struggled with this you know, Christian, out of school, working through theology, and I struggled with this idea, like, you know what, God is always right. God, he's always right. And that means that whenever I go against God, I'm wrong. That bugs me, because I wanna be right. I wanna be right sometimes. Maybe just once a week, God, would you let me be right? And you know what I'm bumping up against is the problem that we live with. Is that we fundamentally have something that's skewing our glory giver. We, we all have glory givers. We, glory giver was implanted within us from birth. You can't get rid of it. You can't, you can't excavate it out of you with, like, some surgery. Everybody's got a glory giver, and guess what? All of them are, are in working order, but none of them are working perfectly. We're constantly giving glory to something, but it's not always in the right place. And it's often because we think too much of ourselves, right? We, we, we think we know more, we think we get things, we've had experience, or, or our, 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 our generation gets this better than the last one, that's for sure. We are improving things, progress on our watch. We think too highly of ourselves, it's, as an often it's a problem. And the other side, which is even more of a problem, we think too lowly of God. We treat him like he's one of us, just a better version of one of us. And he is not even, we are not even close to being on the map with God. And so we need to wrestle with, and actually, here's what's cool about this. when If, if we're supposed to give glory to God in every absolutely every single thing all the time, Here's why we can give glory to God in in that part, because when we give glory to God, we win. Did you know that? When you give glory to God, when you're actively consciously pointing out how God, how good God is, how wonderful he is, how patient he is, how kind he is, how merciful he is, how, how he just works with losers like me, and he allows them to have any bit of measure of helpfulness in this world, we win. Because if He made us, if He made us all with glory givers inside of us, we are, we are fulfilling the purpose that we give. And we have enjoyment and satisfaction. And we are fulfilling the purpose that He gave us. And so if we give God glory for who He truly is, we're winning. Woo-hoo. Amen, sister? <laughs> Bring it out a little bit. We're winning. God is good because the thing He made us for, when we do it, we win. He could have made us do something. He, we were made to make bricks. So just go with me, right? We're made to make bricks and we're not happy and holy unless we're making bricks. I'm just, it's just an example of saying, you know what, making bricks is hard. And, uh, it's, it's hard. but here's the thing. We were made to give glory. When we give glory, we, we light up. Because remember, it's the enjoyment piece. The enjoyment piece matters. Because when we're giving God glory, we're literally, our minds are blowing at some level. Whoa. I mean, we get this on a human level. We just had the Olympics, right? We just had the Olympics. There's Okay, if you don't believe you have a glory giver, watch the Olympics. And what happens? What are you doing? You're like, oh my gosh, look at those splits and that strength and that speed and that agility and that, ah! Usain Bolt, so fast, three-peat, three-peat. Michael Phelps, incredible. What are we doing? We're going, that is worthy, so hard. How could you be so dominant for so long Human, incredible, wow, what are you doing? You're giving glory. You're giving glory. And why do you think people why do you think people get so mad when there are cheaters? Why do you think people get mad? Because it's robbing people of glory that they deserve. Isn't it? That's why like half of the Russian team wasn't there. Because if we're doping and people go, stay out of this, you might rob somebody of true glory. We are glory givers. And glory garters, right? We're either giving glory, we're guarding glory, or we're looking for our next chance to do either. When, when you go to the restaurant, that was a delicious steak. Oh, my goodness. I mean, the way it was cooked and seared, and the redness, and the warmth, and the juicy, and the spice, and the... Ah, you guys going to go to lunch, right? You're like, oh, yes. What are you doing? You're giving glory, and you're enjoying it. Or we're guarding glory. We write on Yelp and Google about how it's not that great. Don't get duped. Really smelly bathrooms. They should do something about that. Why? Because this isn't as good as it could be because there's something better that's worth more. Let me guard goodness. Let me guard glory. So let's keep going. We were made for this. All things. Now at all costs. Let's read this, Second Corinthians. Therefore, we do not lose heart, 2 Corinthians four, sixteen through 18. We do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day, every day, for our light and momentary troubles. The junk that we go through in this world, it's not actually going to completely crush us, and it's only for a short period of time. It's doing something in us. They're achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs those troubles. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen but on what is unseen since what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. Even when stuff gets hard and hits the fan, there's still reason and opportunity to give God glory. And this is, this is where it gets hard for, for a lot of us. How do I give God glory enthusiastically when it hurts? When life is not going the way I signed up for when there is sickness in my family that is taking away the family member that I love and my ability to connect with them on a personal level because the medications are taking away their ability to have a conversation with me that is meaningful. How do I give God glory when it hurts? How do I give God glory when when I'm not my job is not coming through? It is rough, in fact, I'm getting mistreated, unfairly, not cool. And this scripture says, it's perspective for us. What the troubles that we go through, first of all, they're not, he doesn't not acknowledge them, he talks about them. He just puts them in the right context. He says, let's compare the troubles that you have. They're they're actually light and they're, they're momentary, they're not forever. Remember, God is forever, and he's not light. He's huge. And his hugeness overwhelms your situation. He's got you. How do we glorify God when it's hard? We glorify God by leaning into trusting him, by pointing out what is good about him. This is really hard. Some of us have been through really gross, disgusting, wrong things, or we know somebody who has. I mean, the world is a jacked-up place. How can I live? And this is a struggle for some people. This is a struggle. I struggle with seeing the evil in this world. I struggle with terrorism literally lopping off heads. Ten at a time. How do I give God glory for that? Well, we have to admit it's wrong. In fact, the fact that we can recognize that it's wrong and that it's gross and that it's evil already is starting to point us to God isn't it? Because we have this innate sense and understanding that it's wrong, which means we have this innate understanding that something else is right or better. We're already being pointed. The grossness, the yuck factor that happens is pointing us to something else. There's got to be something better than this. And we know from the scriptures, it's God who's better than this. And it's God who's bigger than this. It's God who's not out of control. Yes, how does that work out with you know, evil, and does he, does he make it happen? No, he's not doing the evil, he allows it in some way, and it's complicated if you want to get into it, we can do it later with some people. If you struggle with this, we're not scared to talk about these hard things. We need to, but how does it work out? It, it, it points us, the, the grossness points us to something better. And it's in the something better that we run to scripture and we run to the truth and we say, God, your scripture says that you're good and you're pure and you're lovely and, and, and you you do not want this sort of thing. That is not your design, that we're in a compromised time of history, and that you will deal with this. We give God glory because we we, we trust in the future. We trust that sickness will be gone and tears will be gone. We trust That he's going to have all the injustices taken care of. And we say, right now, this is hard. But God will meet me right now. And I can say, thank you for meeting me right now. You're good. You're caring. You don't leave me without answers. So even the hardest thing you can think of gives glory. It it, it points us to God and to enjoy him in the midst of that. No matter the cost. We give glory to God. Let's go to this last one. Uh, we give glory to God in all things and at all costs. And the last one, among all people, Psalm 96, verses 1 through 3. I love this. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among the peoples. I mean, this, this is textbook Glory. He's saying, look at God, look at God. He's so cool. He's so great. Tell everybody. Tell all the peoples on the earth, all the nations and the languages. Have all them know too so they can see and experience and enjoy God and how good he is. This is a universal, a universal purpose. And our church fits within the universe. Our, our uh, realty, we're, we're in the universe. This applies to us, right? So we glorify God in all things, among all, uh, at, at all costs, and among all peoples. So Let me do this, if visual helps you, we're gonna say, God's glory. Glory, that's an L and an O. We're gonna do this, and literally every single thing In the world, at every single time, among every single people, in all of our circumstances, no matter how good or how hard or how easy, it's all giving us an opportunity to point to God's glory. Now, let's look uh, at a question for us because of this. What are the lesser glories that are competing for your time and energy instead of God's glory? As we talked about we give glory all the time don't we we give glory to things all the time and what are those things that you're giving glory to or you're guarding glory from that actually stop there if we want to bring back up that steak you love going to different restaurants you love trying to find the best burger i know some people are like on the hunt for the best burger or the best burrito or the best whatever it is And that's not bad or wrong to enjoy that food. In fact, we were supposed to, right? But it's when the burger or the steak, when it stops there, and it doesn't point up to God, it just stops. The burger is supposed to be a channel of glory up to God. You know, a lot of times we give glory to good things, but then it stops, we give glory to, you know, the hard work that the Olympians do, or the hard work that these contractors did to make my house look so good, or just how much that, how loving and understanding that person was with me. That was, I just was so blessed by that. And you know, that part at the end, maybe maybe some of us think it's annoying, where that part at the end where people always put in, praise God. Praise God for that. I don't know I don't know if that's true for you, but I've, I've run into Christians and I've even struggled with this at, at moments. Do I really have to say praise God at every single time? Praise God for that, praise God. Well, if it's empty, you know, you shouldn't do anything empty. But the heart is burger, God, steak, God, shrimp, tacos God. Yeah. <laughs> Serious, I am. And, and some of us go, enough, 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 praise God. okay, okay, in fact, this is the difference between Christians and non-Christians. I'm going to say it. Our glory doesn't stop. It, go, it keeps going. Other people's glory does stop. You go, man, that was great. That chef, world-renowned. Man, it's all food today. Sorry. <laughs> I'm if you, guys are, ah, you guys are hungry. Okay, that painting. Let's go on painting. That painting, incredible. Wow. I took an art class. I stink at art. I stink, I mean, it's a broad term. I stink at trying to sh- visually put something out there that looks cool. Like, case in point. <laughs> yeah, I was an elementary ed major, so um, here's, here's a good education piece for you. I have two colors today. It's not just gonna be in one color. I am artistic in my ability to show you a presentation. <laughs> two colors, okay? That's how good I am at this stuff. Maybe you're enjoying art or, or a symphony or a concert. You're like, that is amazing. I cannot believe that it got in my heart or dance or whatever. And you're going, oh, that's amazing. And how many of us then go, praise God for that dancer? Some of us might go, that's obnoxious walking around our non Christian friends. It may be, or maybe it's not. Maybe it's the actual existence for our being on Earth. And I'm not saying you have to pound stuff down people's throat, but are we scared to give God glory? Because it seems overdone. The world is, gonna, is, the world is trying to rob God of his glory all the time. Are we falling prey to that? When we say, I'm going to take on the world's values and say, I don't need to give God glory there. That would be weird. It would be weird not to give God glory. That's the reality. So I'm, I'm wrestling with this. I'm not yelling at you. I guess I am. Yelling. I'm I'm with you on this. I'm working through this myself, trying to go where are the places where I'm not doing things, where I where I am giving glory in the wrong places, the wrong ways. So let's let's look at this last, Let's look at uh, the last part for for this morning. The first one is, hey, our purpose statement. We're here to give God glory in everything. Our church exists to give God glory in everything. Our worship services, our children's ministry, the way that we interact with this church as a family, how we do outreach into the neighborhood. I mean, every single bit of it, how the relationships we have with one one another, with our spouse or with our family, with our neighbors, it's all to give God glory. So then what's our vision? What's that gonna look like? Vision, seeing, right? What's it gonna look like? Well. That's going to look like this We have this next statement And we re- reworded this as well It's how do we do that we, By developing people Who are shaped and driven by the gospel Okay we're here to glorify God In every, every single thing How does that happen Our vision to see that By developing people Who are shaped and driven by the gospel And some people might go What's up with that wording Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll say it in this way Making disciples of all nations It's the same thing, it's reworded But let me give you some reasons why we're putting this emphasis on the wording We think that God gets glory as we focus on Him and His prized creation Which is humans, it's about people Let me read one of the Great Commission passages and and see where we're at here Matthew 28, 18-20, making disciples Since then Jesus came and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Surely I'm with you always, at the very end of the age. Jesus said... Okay, the last thing that you're to be about before I go is tell everyone and train everyone and get everyone on board with me and with God and and bring them into the family and teach them and train them and send them and love them and teach them and train them and send them and love them. That's what Jesus said, Joaquin version 2016. And that's what developing people is. This is invest in people, disciple people. Go get them, go dunk them, go teach them, go love them. They're in a family. Trade them up, invest, teach them, show them. That's, that's the, the, the development piece. It's don't let people, go get people and then don't let people stay where they're at. Push them forward into who God has for them. Develop them. Teach them, grow them, incorporate them, send them. Can we see that? We're developing people. And and then look at this last part. Who are, what kind of people, what are they like? They are shaped by and and driven by the gospel. It's not just any kind of people. It's It's a people who are completely saturated and identified with the gospel message of Jesus Christ, which we believe is the center point of God's universe and history. The, 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 the history, the story of all of history is God's redemptive story of mankind. The, the, the story of the gospel message. That there is a king, a ruler, who made everything wonderful and beautiful and he made his creation to enjoy that wonderful, beautiful and join with him in that wonderful, beautiful. It's called this kingdom understanding of the, of the world and the universe, but that this kingdom was compromised by rebellion. There was a revolt that took place where people said, no more king, I'm not following you, I'm doing my own thing. Satan comes in messes things up in the garden, Adam and Eve fall for it, and we're doomed. The gospel story is there's a problem We're not giving God glory, we're not enjoying Him forever, we're doing other things instead and because we're not living by the rules of the kingdom, the good, gracious, awesome rules of the kingdom, we are going to be punished for that because we're traitors, we're treasonous, cosmic treason. But that's the bad news. The good news is God knew that this was going to happen and God had a plan for this is going to happen. His plan included sending Jesus to save us from this predicament. In fact, uh, Romans 3.23, many have heard it, for all have sinned, we've rebelled, and we fall short of the glory of God. Now put put the gospel and glory back, but put those together. We, We don't give all the glory he deserves to God. We don't. We fall short of that, and we're not perfect like Him. We all, and we deserve punishment. The wages of our sin is death. Look at this. In fact, here's another part that shows that we're just exchanging glory for the wrong thing. Romans 1:20 20 through 23. For since the creation of the world, from the very beginning, God's invisible qualities, His His, purpose, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what was made. So that people are without excuse Nobody has excuse Everybody In some base level Understands that there is a God There is some bigger power out there That made all this I don't know exactly how but it's there We didn't just poof into place Actually we did poof into place But somebody had to poof us into place We all have some innate ability To get that it says Nobody misunderstands that If you are misunderstanding that Because you intentionally try to suppress that It says, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged. There is the glory of the immortal God. You're supposed to be glorifying God, but you're not glorifying God. You're glorifying images made to look like mortal human beings and birds and animals. That's a really cool reptile idol you got there. Compare that to God, lesser glories, and we're worshiping lesser things, and we're about lesser things. And so the gospel story is that God set up his kingdom, and he, and he created a people, and he created a, a Messiah, Jesus. He was long promised from long ago that he would come and be the one to solve this problem. And so Jesus came to earth. He lived the life He should have lived. Perfect, Submitted to God, given glory to God. I mean, he's in the garden of Gethsemane going, not my will, but your will, not my will. It's all about you, God. It's all about you, God. He lived it perfectly, right? He lived the life he should have lived. But then he also died the death in our place. So we deserve to die for our sin, for our robbing of God's glory every day. We deserve death. We're like a pot that God makes. Like, In fact, this is a biblical word. There's, How can the pot say to the potter, what are you doing to me god made us for a purpose to give us glory he's like glory i'm going to glorify i'm going to make you beautiful and you're going to give glory to me it's going to be awesome this is god making us in my word, god making us right water dust and then the pot goes cut it out i want something else it's like what are you doing get that out glory it's gonna be awesome You're gonna enjoy this so much i love that it's like, sorry, I always get like Mickey Mouse voices. <laughs> sorry. But what happens when the, the pot talks back? Does the potter go, let's do it your way instead. You go ahead and be that different thing. That's cool to be different. You know what he goes? He goes, broken. Smash. I mean, let's be honest, it's clay. If you go to a potter's whatever, what do they call them, dens? <laughs> Workshop? There's a bunch of broken studio, there's a bunch of broken clay in places, right? For the ones that didn't make it. That's actually more like what it is. But here's the cool thing. God goes, okay, I'm gonna take that broken clay and make it new again. Because I'm gonna send Jesus to take the punishment. This, this, this clay needs to be smashed. But you know I'm gonna smash Jesus instead, and Jesus is gonna show them what it looks like to love the Potter and to fulfill their purpose and to enjoy God forever. And what does He do? He takes the broken clay and He starts fixing it, and He mends it, and He says, "There's a new life for you, buddy. I got I got some purpose for you. That's what He does. It's good news." And so we are, look what it says, Romans 10. We, we, we have to accept this. We, we, we want to acknowledge that this is true and then be grateful and confess it. Romans 10, 9 through 10, it says, because if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, he's the king, not me, and believe in our heart, this is for real, I'm not just playing this, that God raised him from the dead, he has all power to over everything, you will be saved. With the heart one believes and one is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. The gospel. Glory is all about everything to God. The gospel is that God is the only one who can do anything about our problem and that He's actively pursuing us. He's actively pursuing us. I love, we say on there on purpose, we're developing people who are shaped by the gospel, right? Like that, that informs everything they do and all of who they are. Let me read this this passage from Paul. It's a great example of of him being shaped by the gospel. 1 Timothy 1, 12 through 17 says, I thank him, God, who has given me strength, he strengthens me, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service, though formerly he knows what he's like, I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, insolent opponent, I was a jerk 5.0. Wrong side of the of the equation. On this one, I know the truth. But gospel, I received mercy because I acted ignorantly and unbelief. And the grace of God. And see how the gospel is shaping his identity? I, I'm a jerk, but I got mercy. I'm on the wrong side, but he gave me grace. It overflowed for me with with the faith and the love that are in Christ Jesus. This saying is trustworthy and full de- uh, deserving of full acceptance. That Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners. This is the gospel story of all of history. Jesus came to do to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. And but I received mercy. There it is again. For this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who are to believe in him for eternal life. To, and here comes the glory piece, to the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, he's the only God, be honor and glory forever, amen. See how here's an example of somebody's like, everything I do, I'm needy, he's powerful, he's giving me everything for him. That's what Paul just said, and that's the kind of people we want to be about. This church, this campus, all, all we wanna be about making disciples of Jesus Christ, Developing people who the gospel is the main story of their life. That's what they see everything through. Look at some, some more verses. That shapes us. That was an example of shaping. Now now look at how the gospel then dr- drives us. It, 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 it propels us out. It motivates us to live life. Why do you get up in the morning? And in our case, we want to be we want to get up in the morning because the gospel changed us, and there's gospels that continue to change other people. God saving people through the Spirit unto his kingdom so that everybody can give him glory. So 2 Corinthians 5, 14, 15. For the love of Christ controls us, compels us, launches us, because we have concluded this: one has died for all, Jesus, therefore all have died, and He died for all, that those who live, those people who have experienced the gospel, might no longer live for themselves, robbing God of his glory, but for him and for their sake died and was raised. It controls us, it compels us. Look at how the gospel uh, controls Paul's ministry. It says, to the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel. That I may share with him in his blessings. So a question we have for you this morning. How are you looking to spread the gospel message of Jesus to others? Both in the church, to other Christians, and to those outside the church. To people who don't know Jesus yet. How is that the center of your identity and of your life? Is it? Maybe some part. Maybe you're really working on it. Maybe you're not at all. You're just, God is having a moment with you and he's saying, all right, he's grabbing your face and going, I love you. Listen, 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 lean in because I'm right here. Let's do this glory and gospel thing together. You know, it's, it's both in the church and that once people become followers, once they, once they give their life to to Jesus, once they give up really and they say, God, it's all you, you, you offer me salvation. I'm going to say thank you. And yes, and I'm going to follow you from now on. Once that happens, you don't just stop talking to other people <laughs> that that happens, too. You, you actually become a family. And you encourage people with the gospel. saying, brother, sister, I'm a jerk, too. We're all jerks. We all need, don't call me a jerk. He doesn't make me Don't call me a jerk. No, we're, we're all messed up. Paul, I am the worst. I am the worst. sinner of all. He claims that one. That spot apparently is his. But it's really more about the identity. It's really about, no, I Jesus, I, I got nothing to give. It's all God. It's all God. It's all Jesus. And so therefore, let's lean on Him. Brother, sister, let's let's rely on His power as we go tell people. That's scary. Well, when is it scary to tell somebody about that great concert? Is it scary to tell somebody about that wonderful thing you experienced? Not often. Because you're excited about it and because it actually had a real impact on your life. And I get that other people may reject you or may not be ready, but that's okay. It's okay. So we, who are we spreading the gospel message to within the church, and who are those people who are, they don't follow Jesus. They don't follow Jesus at all. They don't follow Jesus yet. God loves them. God wants to change their life too. How can we come together and make sure the message gets out to everyone? So if everything points to God and his glory, second color, some of you are noticing, right? Everything points to God and his glory. We want to make, we want to develop people to where everything they do is influenced, it's shaped, it's formed, it's motivated by, it's driven by the gospel story and the gospel message so that they can get it out people and they can experience it too so what is God going to do in our church he's going to do good things he's going he's already doing good things he's already at work and we can join him and I I'm excited okay I'm excited for you guys La I'm excited for you why because you guys are a transition there's a transition happening right now uh Dave Talley's going to come in, your overseers have been working really hard to say, okay, how do we lead through this? And guess what? This is a moment where God's going to get a bunch of glory by everybody rallying around the family of God to give God glory and to make sure the gospel goes out. And I'm waiting to see how we can give God glory in this transition. We trust him when it's hard. We trust him when we don't see the future. We can give God glory that way together. Would you pray with me? God, thank you so much that our lives our lives are, are connected to you. If they weren't, we would be meaningless. Our lives would not have nearly the opportunity to have the amount of enjoyment and significance and love without you. You have all of that to give. Lord, would you help us as a church renew our vows to you, and say what we said it's all about you It's not about me Even when it's hard I'm going to still be there I'm going to show up and I'm going to say it's, You're good God even when I don't understand it Would you grow us in our faith? Would you help us lean into the gospel? It's not about us It's about you and your goodness And you, your power to change us We deserve death and punishment But you give us life and love so, Lord, would you change our hearts, change our attitudes, improve our spirits, develop us towards glory and towards the gospel. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're going to seek our offerings for us to come forward. If you're a guest with us, there's no obligation to give there. Steve? I just want to say thank you, Joaquin, and praise the Lord. Amen.